Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers, and I'm going to talk today about knowing the will of God. It's kind of a big question for all of us, and yet so many people get into striving about it, and it's not intended to be something where we strive. It's intended to be a grand adventure and part of our life in the Lord. So there's two words in scripture that are used for the will of God. And the first word is bulima. And bulima in the Greek means what is settled, what is established, what is preordained, what God will do, uh, regardless of whether we believe it or not. For example, the second coming of Christ. But the second word, the one we're really going to talk about is thelema, and it refers to God's will, his desires, his pleasure, his intentions for us. And we find that in Romans 12, 2, where Paul writes, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, the Thelema will of God, his intentions. So our spirit renewed mind is able to comprehend, understand, and move toward fulfilling God's desires and God's intentions. So when we talk about finding God's will and doing God's will, we're talking about this Thelema and it is predicated on our faith, and our responsive obedience to the Lord. It's a collaborative effort with the Lord as he reveals to us. And sadly, many things that he wills and he has for us don't really happen because we don't step into faith. Uh, maybe we don't understand or maybe we're not obedient. And God's not going to control that. He's sovereign but he doesn't control. He invites us to work with him and join his desires. Uh, we know he has power to do anything he wants to do, but he chooses to work through us, which is just pretty amazing. So uh, Ephesians 6, 6, there's this phrase, to do the will of God from the heart. So I would like to just unpack that a little and say there are several key points to that. First thing I want to say is we can know the will of God and we can fulfill it. It is possible to know his intentions for us. We can receive his guidance and we have lots of promises that point to this. I'll just name a few. Psalm 32a, I will instruct you and teach you in the way in which you should go. Proverbs 3.6, in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. John 8, 12, I'm the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And it really is all right if at times we're perplexed, we're uncertain, we don't know, you know, which road to take if we're at a crossroads. Those sorts of things can actually steer us in God's direction. And in all of our questions, he has answers and he has promises. But first, we must be really convinced that he is good and he does good for us and his will for us is good and it's merciful as well as just. Isaiah 58, 11 says, the Lord shall guide you continually, continually. F.B. Meyer wrote an old book called The Secret of Guidance, which is well worth reading. And he said, 
about Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord shall guide you continually. It is impossible that to think that he could guide us at all if he does not guide us always. All right, the second thing I think that's important is the practical walking out of things. And here I wanna just say, we should start small. We start small and walk out the things that we know to do and finish those things. I've seen people start a lot of things in their excitement, but in obedience, we need to complete them. So the will of God happens as we go along, as we sometimes go along stumbling and not perfectly certain all the time, but we're gonna stumble forward as we seek Him. So to know God's will, we start with what we do know. Pastor St. Francis de Sales wrote a book about 1600 called Finding God's Will for You. And as I just said, we start with what we know. He calls that obeying God's signified will. All right, so what he means by that is, what are the truths we're to believe? Who and what are we to love? What are we to hope in? What are we to give thanks about? That's where we start because that's the will of God. Renewing our mind is the will of God. Uh, for example, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 19, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not grieve the Spirit. How do I know God's will? Well, you know what? Start praying, start praising, start being grateful, start listening to the Holy Spirit. In all of these things, he will begin to make his intentions known to us and he will give us grace to follow his will. You know, he amazingly permits us to make choices and go our own way, not without consequences, but he permits that until we come and decide by faith and by responsive obedience, I wanna know and follow the will of God. So just we begin serving him in the circumstances we're in now. They may be difficult, but we begin serving others and serving him. We start small, we complete the things we started, and we keep a steady course. It's a long obedience in the same direction. And we continue to grow in these you know, maybe smaller things, but those develop our character so we can carry the weight of his will when it becomes a little weightier. And as we live in this way, the more we do follow, and it, then what we have is unfolding revelation, unfolding understanding, unfolding direction, unfolding guidance, and we actually grow in doing the will of God. We grow in it. It's not just something that oh, he tells us to do this and we figure it out and do it. We actually grow in it. So think about a child, uh, maybe a father takes the child out and, and gets them a new tricycle and teaches them to ride a tricycle. And then a little later, a bike with training wheels and helps them with that. And then a little later, unscrews those training wheels and helps the child running along with the child until the child is, uh, gets rid of that wobbly and gets very uh, proficient on the bike and the child can go further and further and further afield in exploration and in doing other things. And that's how the will of God unfolds for us. We may start shaky, but he gives us lots of space to explore and to know.
So that kind of brings me to the third thing I want to say about this, which is we recognize as we collaborate with the Lord, there's some things dependent on him, his grace, his revelation, his spirit empowering, but there's some things dependent on us. So one of the things dependent on us is that we live from our desires, asking the Lord to purify them, of course, and we, we have to first recognize our desires, not live in some passive complacency. We first say, Lord, what's in my heart? Because everything, you know, he makes us unique to who we are. He's created us, and our desires are often a very clear indicator of God's will for us. For instance, if a man wants to marry, is it God's will for him? Well, the word certainly lines up with that. He that finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains the favor of the Lord. So yeah, go after it if that's your desire. Now, you wait on the Lord to show you who and for circumstances to line up. You gotta meet the gal, right? And, and date her a while to see if, if you understand that this seems right and compatible and get wise counsel and so on. But we live from our desires and then we're open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit, which are just infinite, you know? So we aren't just obeying his known commands like pray and give thanks. We're also listening and intuiting those inspirations, those movements of the Holy Spirit. And uh, DeSalles, who wrote his book in 1600, did I mention that already? I think I did, said, follow only those inspirations that are holy and that bring peace to your soul while avoiding being anxious about the little things. I think we get bound up sometimes in, is this right? Is this God's will? Is this not? You know, I think most things, many things, God just says, you know, you choose. If blue is your favorite color, you know, paint your wall blue. It's all right. And sometimes um, we can get a little too scrupulous about it. Sometimes too, we, we have to recognize that knowing God's will depends on our purity of heart, not perfection, because we don't hold God by the tenacity of our love. He holds us. But we have a pure heart. You know, if we have a controversy with another person, if we have a controversy with the Lord, if we just have a weight on our soul, maybe it's not sin, but there's some hindrance, it can keep us from really hearing that still small voice and from something being clear to us that would otherwise be perfectly clear. I think this is true sometimes when we have a lot of rejection or when we're striving in performance and we're gonna to have to deal with these things. It's also dependent on our surrender and our pliability. Jesus in John 5.30 says, I have glorified you on earth because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. And then later in John 7, he said, if anyone wills to do his will, he'll know. So he knew the secret to knowing God's will is to first say, yes, I want to do your will and you're gonna show it to me. And it's a continual yes. It's also dependent on our mind being engaged. We don't set aside this wonderful faculty of being able to think and um, consider. So F.B. Meyer said, in grace, he does not cancel the action of any of his marvelous bestowments. 
any of his marvelous gifts, but he uses them for the communication of his purposes and thoughts. He uses our mind. It is of the greatest importance then that we should feed our minds with facts, with reliable information, with the results of human experiences, and above all, with the teaching of his word. I like that. When necessary, he will dictate a miraculous course by miraculous methods. But when the ordinary light of reason is adequate to the task, he'll leave us to act as occasion may serve. Should I buy that, Lord? Is it your will? Well, is the money there? You know, consider that. All right. It's also, knowing God's will is also dependent on our prayers. We ask for guidance. James 1.5 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and doesn't upbraid you for asking. So we ask and the promise is good. I'll show you and I'll also show you if there's any controversy between us that's keeping you from hearing and knowing my will. We put the matter into his hands. We ask him and we trust him. He knows what's best. And he also knows if a door should be closed for now, if the timing's not right and those sorts of things. And those sorts of things test us when we want something now, don't they? Uh, F.B. Meyer also said, I really like this, in important matters, we ask for the light of the Holy Spirit, we apply our mind to search for his good pleasure, we take counsel with wise others, and we come to a decision, then not doubt it, but stay in peace. We don't waver. Once we have done these things, we've asked the Lord, we've looked at his word, we've considered others. We make a decision. We just move forward with it unless we really sense him canceling something. And then the last thing I want to say is this is really dependent on us walking out his will. This gradually unfolding of his plan. You know, some things have to coalesce. What the word says, what circumstances are right now. The guy who wants to marry, has he met a girl, you know? And what the Holy, how the Holy Spirit's uh, moving. And it's remarkable sometimes how much he guides us by um, circumstances. Something that's blocked suddenly may come unblocked for us. And that's a beautiful thing. We wait with endurance and we recognize his wonderful presence dwelling with us and dwelling in us. John 2.17 says, the one who does the will of God lives forever. Thanks for listening. I hope you'll join me again.